Welcome, everyone. We're about to begin Bezaz Hashem, BPJ number 34. That's Bias Primi joint share, share number 34 for both men and women. We're discussing the eight dates, essential conversations for a lifetime of love and connection by John and Julie Gottman and Doug Abrams and Rachel Abrams. And we're talking about the first conversation. And again, it's not just one conversation you have in your life together. These eight dates you repeat and you decide when to do each one. So, for example, this one that we're talking about today, date number one, lean on me, trust and commitment, and which we said based, the idea being that it's built on communicating and thinking about your husband and wife, that they're precious, not replaceable, and that you cherish them. And thus we're going to trust each other. We're going to have a commitment to each other. That is a conversation. This date number one, you have repetitive again and again. You spread it out as you spread it out. You take this 99-question thing as a starters, but there's thousands and millions of ways that you could do besides what's written over here on the cherishing and appreciation that, that, that fortifies by the both of you to be more committed and trusting each other. And we're up to 51. Um, I love your mind is the same idea of I love the, what you taught me and I love the way you think and you're, you, I learn new things from you based on what your mind um, expressed to me. 52, you're generous. This is similar to the kindness we spoke about before. We have worked out some major conflicts between us. This is very, very important. There were times in the past where you had certain differences, and it doesn't make a difference. Let's say that both of you decided we're not sure what to do, or we both have a disagreement about our chenech of our children. Let's go together to a rav, objective outside party, and you both do that. And the the rav or the, the an, an objective outside party tells you, and then you both follow it. That is an achievement. That is a, a beautiful achievement. In other words, what I'm trying to say here is don't say that because you couldn't totally work it out on your own and you both decided to go to a third party to help you with the decision and then follow that decision, that's not a step down. That itself, that happens very often in the Matzavim in life where you both decide, you know something? We both are at odds with each other, and this is about this particular topic, and it's a major decision. Let's go together. The very decision that you're both deciding to let's go together, and whatever this person says, we will follow wholeheartedly, and you do that, that's a tremendous achievement. And looking back at those things that you worked out, ironed out between yourselves, between, uh, by, by yourselves totally, or even by doing this, what I said, by the very fact, for example, that... You had a, even a, a major issue and you went to marriage counseling together and you both mutually decided to do that and then you worked through it and you came out on the other side. That's not something to be ashamed of. That's something to take pride in, that you're both adults, you had the courage and maturity to do that. And and that is something but that happens in the past. You you, you pride you both yourself in, uh, with it and you appreciate each other for it and you move and you go further with it. We took care of a relative together. We talked about this in the past, about taking care. We talked about um, when uh, having a car type to your husband for him being close to one of your relatives and vice versa. Taking care of a relative could mean very simply is, let's say, again, if uh, you have elderly parents and, and, and in-laws and, and one of them, whether they brought them into their own home to take care of them when they were ill or 
uh, for example, a daughter-in-law went out of her way to be with her mother-in-law very often when she's ill and taking care of her. Or a father uh, or a husband with her father-in-law, with his father-in-law, and helping him, to giving him rides, and, and, and get, taking him to shul, and all the derecheres that you have. Or, or whatever relative it may be, that to express hakar satay for one another, I cherish you, I admire you, and I appreciate you, how much you took care of my mother, how much you took care of my father. Very, very important. Or how you treated a friend. 56 says, I felt loved and cared for you. And you could give examples of how you felt loved and cared for you. Now, 57 is a graphic thing. I love the way you look in in the shower. I'm just going to say one thing about this, though, that is, is indeed important. That especially during the course of physical intimacy and the foreplay of it, especially, but through the course of it, the idea of expressing your love and desire towards your husband or your wife physically is a very, very healthy thing. This is not something, again, we talked about the difference between uh, kalas roish, that means coarse, using like the Hollywood language of things in, in a very, that's kalas roish, that's not, not allowed. And, and, and when you use um, words that are not clean, uh, you know, very unclean words that, that, that the world uses in these contexts of the sexual contexts, that is what's forbidden and that's what brings things down. But to be openly graphic and expressing yourself, similar to Lahavdal, how Shir Shirim in the Pashat way is expressed, and you talk to each other in physical, intimate terms with one another, how much you, you, you love them and you love the way they look and you, how much you have a physical desire for them and, uh, and, and, and I'm crazy about you type of things, which again, I'm not going to say all of the expressions. That is indeed a healthy thing that makes the, uh, whichever one it is to each other feel very good. It, in, in, it, it sparks a, a further healthy physical desire towards one another, and that should be very much encouraged. Number, number 58, you help build a home of solace and peace. Solace means so more like, you know, calmness. The fact that you're looking at your home now, and again, be realistic about it. The fact that you have toys all over the place, or you have a, a, a child that's a more difficult, a disciplinarian issue, uh, or, or, or whatever it is that you may have bumps in the road about the home not being perfect, okay? It's never, ever perfect. You know, this is one of the things that we should talk about, that very often a person has chalisha sadas when they see their Shabbos table or their Seder table, whatever, and the misbehaving that goes on and the fighting that goes on between siblings, and you imagine, real or imagine, that other houses don't have that because you come there and you see that they're all b'shalom, l'shalom, um, but, but they always... But but it's not the case. We have a, a niggin. Sometimes I sing on my own. Like the the Greenfields never fight. I sing a, like I, I joke around when they're as they're fighting. This is the the, uh, the children between each other I used to say uh, like a niggin. The Greenfields never fight, and the Goldsteins never fight, and 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 the Rosenbaums never fight. You know, all the neighbors, let's say, or whatever it is. Like, but it's a joke, you know, like they never fight. But but when you talk to them, they fight too. But overall, if the home, you were able to build some very positive aspects to the home, 
Again, not don't be unrealistic if there's some unpleasantness that has to be worked out too. But overall, if Baruch Hashem, your Shabbos looks like a Shabbos, and your Seder looks like a Seder, and your overall home during the week is a is a Yiddish home, the Svarim on the table, and you learn, and, 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 and there's a certain thing to it, and you helped each other get to that point where you got, got it together like that to really express that Tarakaras Hatayif to each other, how you contributed to the Ruach of the home being a pleasant Ruach in the home. Very, very important. 59 is extremely important also. You're a thoughtful person. Thoughtful person, we talked about when you're outwardly, openly kind, so that's easy. You see the chesed, you thank, you thank your, your husband or wife for it. Thoughtful is more subtle. Thoughtful is whenever you notice in your wife or in your husband, you know, that, they, that the way they treated you very, very uh, uh, sensitively, where they made sure, let's say you knew you were in a bad mood or you knew you were upset about something and your wife said words to you that showed a lot of thought and consideration about to your feelings as she was trying to convey something. Let's say she did need to tell you something of something that you need to do or whatever it is and she felt she needed to say it, but she said it in such a tactful, thoughtful, loving way. So when you, you need to hop that when that happens and appreciate it. Every time when we talked about before, and we're going to talk about later, when you communicate things that are that you need to talk to each other, let's say even with problems that are coming up, but you start off saying, I appreciate so much and I love you, and, and, and you're, you're with me forever, and you're the only one for me, and I love you, and you're precious. And you say, and then after you say that, you say whatever is concerning you, but I feel a little let's say, neglected when you don't call me in the middle of the day or something like that. And then you end off saying, but you should know that this takes away nothing from how I, high I feel about you. So even when you said something that you needed to say that, that you felt your husband or wife needed to correct, but you said it with such sensitivity, sandwiching in with a compliment before and a compliment afterwards, which you really meant and it was heartfelt, that shows a thoughtfulness. So as you develop these skills and you use them, and then you see the other, your husband or wife using them too, you praise them and you cherish each other for that and say, you know, I realize how thoughtful you are, how considerate you are. Or sometimes you observe how your husband and wife talks to a guest at home or over the phone with somebody with sensitivity or even a, a shatchan on the phone, whatever the case may be, and you notice it, you catch it. And you see certain wisdom in the way your husband spoke or the way your wife spoke to bring it up and say, you know, I appreciate you. I see how wise you are, how you, you were careful what, how you talk to this person. I'm very, very impressed. And that's also, that, that shows you cherish them. It creates a, small, a, a similar bond to each other. 60, you develop, a, we, we have similar ethics together. This applies, by the way, even if your hashkafis are very different. We gave some sure, and we're going to continue about when your hashkafis are very different, especially if you come from different cultures. You know, whatever it is. Sometimes when you have Ashkenazim marrying Sfardim or Hasidim marrying, marrying the Litvisha, which happens, you know, more often now than, than it used to. And sometimes there's different in the families, there's different types of Ashkafis. Sometimes you marry more into a more a, a modern family than you, but the girl was Taka for you. You're, you're this, this wife and, and you love her and she loves him. And there there's a culture gap of, and some of it is hashkafa driven, or between yourselves, even if you're in the same culture. 
you're both Hasidish, you're both Litvish, you're both modern Orthodox, whatever the case may be, but nevertheless, you may have some difference in Hashkafa, but nevertheless, what you do have in common, what you do have in common, that we both love HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we both want to keep Torah Mitzvahs, and we both want our children to be, be erlich, to be healthy, to be sound, to have good morals, the things that are connected to you, of you in Hashkafa, bring that out, thank Show a karasatayv to each other for that. That helps, by the way, that even when there are differences in Ashkafa, it's easier to iron out because your heart is in the same place. Very often the situation is, is that we both want what's best and we both love HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We both have a way towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu and towards leading, serving Him, you know, in, in a real heartfelt way. We just have different approaches sometimes, but, but you could also emphasize that intent we both want to get there, and we will get there. We'll work out the differences. So even if there are differences, and even more significant differences, that doesn't take away the fact that you could still see tremendous amount of similarities of a union of your hashkafas, your ethical values, that you're both very decent people, you're both very erlich, you know, whatever it is. One of them may be more meticulous than the other. Okay, one may be more, more like quote unquote machmer than, than makel, and the other one's more makel. Doesn't mean one's wrong or right. Well, I'm not getting into that now. But, that, but the bottom line is in the scheme of things, you're both trying to do the right thing. You both have similar value system, and you praise each other for it. You shakar baruchu for it, and you thank each other for it. 61, you loved my mother, is similar to what we said before. Again, normally, I mean, you know, stereotypically, you know, you have a certain type of attention that comes with in-laws, mother-in-laws, father-in-laws, so on and so forth. But like I said very often, Baruch Hashem, you find in many, many marriages where that works out not only just neutral, that it's okay, that you live with it and everything's fine and there's shalom, which is also a level, Baruch Hashem, that is a level to say that you may not be close to your mother-in-law or father-in-law, but you're very respectful and vice versa, you're respectful and you, you handle it very well. And that's a tremendous achievement. But if you're Zaycha to have that bracha, with Baruch Hashem, you connect. So very often it does happen, despite all the sarcastic jokes in marriage about in-laws and so on and so forth. Very often a wife gets very close to their mother-in-law and, uh, and, 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 and their in-laws overall. And their husbands get very close to their father-in-law and mother-in-law. They have a special kesher in a way unique even beyond their parents sometimes. That happens often. That is not so uncommon. And when that happens, you basically also express and you could tell it's the best thing for Shalom Bayes. If your mother-in-law, even if it's not the greatest of relationships, but if your mother-in-law did a toiva for you, let's say, she actually did a special toiva for you, and she did a favor, or she gave you some money, or she gave you, showed you some attention, or she gave, said a nice word to you, it's very nice to tell your wife, you know, I appreciate your mother for doing this. It was very nice of her. And vice versa, him to her. And, and that's, that, that also creates a very strong bond. 62, you have comforted me when I was afraid. There's a very big mitzvah overall in general anyway. To snow when a, when, when, when a husband or wife. And again, this is very important. Because stereotypically, a wife is more likely to express her emotions. So when she's afraid or she's upset or she's emotionally scared about something, she's more prone to actually express it. So at least the husband is aware of it. So the husband knows, okay, my wife is 
upset or nervous or afraid about something, I'm going to comfort her and try to make her feel better and listen empathetically and so on. Very often with the husband, he's more closed. He could be afraid of something or nervous about something, insecure about something, but he won't share it with his wife. Part of the vulnerability is, and the wife who hears this needs to understand this too, that the husband does need to go out of his comfort zone and express his vulnerability towards his wife when he's afraid of something. Let's say a job change or something situation changing in the job that he's very nervous about or in his matzav overall or in shul or something else that he's afraid of or he's not feeling well lately and he has to go for a checkup and he's afraid or whatever it is. Even if it seems seemingly silly and never, never, ever with fears and insecurities be emotionally mature as an adult and never ever think that something is stupid, Khalila. No matter what, it may seem childish to you, a fear, a fear when someone fears it is real. So by husbands to express that vulnerability to their wives takes courage. It's not their nature, generally speaking, and the wives need to know that when the husband does shear and they're usually more closed up or they're usually more you know, act outwardly self-confident, but they had the courage to tell you, you know, it looks like I have everything put together, but I am afraid of this particular thing. I'm nervous about this particular thing. It gives a special opportunity for you, for the wife to respond, first of all, to appreciate that you're sharing this with me. And it's a vulnerable thing. He's showing, quote-unquote, a weakness that he feels is a weakness. And, you you know, in, but, but instead of crushing him for it, you build him up and you say, Thank you for sharing that for me. I really appreciate when you tell me the truth about things and when you're afraid of something that you could talk to me about it and I could talk to you about it and I could comfort you. And she usually will comfort you. Generally speaking, very often, uh, a, a wife does want the, to, to her husband to confide in her and to talk to her and to look up to her. Yes, to look up to her that she could actually soothe him when he has his fears, and she's ex- excellent at it. She has, wives in general, have this bina yesera to be able to comfort their husbands. And, 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 and a husband needs to know this. It is risky sometimes, because you say something, they may take it the wrong way. And wives, please, when, you, when your husbands do confide in these things, don't play it down. Don't say, oh, be a man already. You know, like, be a man. Uh, uh, this is, you don't be a baby. You know, sometimes they do that. And when they do that, the husband will shut down and never communicate with you again. You thought I was a baby. You think I, so I'm not, never going to tell you ever that I'm afraid of something. You, you, you put me down as a child. But if you don't do that, you do the opposite. And you encourage it, and then you calm, you calm his fears. And then that leaves an open line of communication where he could express his inner world to you, which many, many wives, that's one thing that they always sometimes are very, um, um, you know, that bothers them, that their husbands are very quiet. How was your day? Okay. And that's it. You know, they're like more communicative and they want to know more. And you, and again, we talked about how husbands need to share that. So that's very, very important um, to, to, to allow yourself to be vulnerable. And then when you hear that fear or insecurity, that you're very much open to them in, in helping them with it. 63, we had some romantic trips and dates. We talked about vacation, but yes, it's very important. Husbands and wives, without the kids, and even if, if you, you know you work out, I know with small children, there were times where we had to take a, a, so a, a baby that was less than one year old with us on vacation. So, you know, that happens. And even then, you could still work it out where it could be very romantic and beautiful. But if there's a way to parcel out all your children, 
to different places. It, like I said, it seems like it's inconvenient, but this is the best thing you can do for your children. And you have these romantic trips, and it's very, very important to do so. And you look back at it, and you appreciate it, and, and the dates also, and so on. To 64, some of it is repetitive, I understand. Our values and beliefs are have meshed. We talked about the similar Ashkafa thing. I respect your intelligence is the same idea, like we said before, about emotional sensitivity and so on and so forth. Support me against enemies I have had. That simply means that you don't create World War III. That's not what it means. That's not what we're supposed to do. There's Hilchus Loshen Hara when it comes to marriage, too. Don't get embroiled in, the, in a machlekes. If your wife or husband has a machlekes with somebody and you see it's not going anywhere and there's no tayala, so it's being handled wrong, then it has to be addressed. There's no question. My, the, the point of, and, and you talk about how to deal with it because it's really sapping the energy of the, of the home and there could be Lashon Hara and machlekes in there and you want to do your best to avoid that. But at the same time, at the same time, if someone unjustifiably hurt your husband, hurt your wife, Without Lashon Hara, you do it without Lashon Hara, you know, and you learn the halachas properly, but you support them, meaning you're loyal to them. Say, whatever it is, I don't care what that person said. I, I, I support you. I'm with you one billion percent. Not Khalila to incite a machlaikis or anything like that, or get that. We're not talking about that, but we're talking when someone was very insensitive to your wife or to your, to your husband to be loyal to them. To be loyal to them and say, I'm not listening to a word of it, it's, don't pay attention to it, and, 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 and you're a good person, and whatever it is, and you support them in that thing. 67, I love you the way you, times you really listen to me. In other words, to show our cars are tight to each other when you express empathy towards one another. And we're going to ask Hashem to talk more. So again, all of these things that we said in very these shiurim, we touched upon so many different subjects that are a basis of many other shiurim that we could elaborate, and we will Be'ez Hashem elaborate, and it's very, very important. But what you all need to understand that all of these things, you take this list with you, you read it through, not just the words, but you think it through. You write notes about things that you think about that are, may not be in this list. Or you write about, uh, for example, uh, in the case of, for example, I have loved and I have felt loved and cared by you. That's, let's say, a number 56, right? You read this. You read this, I have lo- I felt loved and cared for you. What you could do is take a piece of paper and write three, four, six, seven, eight scenarios of when your wife or your husband loved you and took care of you. And you write that down. And then that's, you'll have, believe me, it's not hard at all. It's not hard at all that when you look at these things and you write things down, things will come up like that, that there's plenty, plenty material to discuss in such a date that we call date number one to show how much you cherish each other, which fuels very strongly that commitment to each other and that commitment to trust each other and to develop and build that trust more and more and more, which is the basis, one of the basic basis, basis of a deep connection between a husband and wife. Baruch and